It's the 19th hole with Michael Williams. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the 19th Hole. Michael Williams, your host, bringing you the best of golf and golf lifestyle week after week after week. Um, this week is no different. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about the great new golf course renovations and restorations that are going on. Um, it's a red-hot business with some of the most storied names in golf course architecture um, plying their wares on some of the best-known golf courses in the world. And... Uh, Joining us to talk about that today is a man who is as well qualified as anybody walking the planet to do that. He is Hall of Fame architect Robert Trent Jones Jr., a good friend of the show, to talk about these uh, restorations and renovations that are going on, what the difference is between the two, to get his opinion on some of these restoration projects, and uh, to talk about what else he's doing in golf, because he is, of course, above all things, prolific um it's going to be a great discussion so uh, i hope you enjoy it um <clears throat> before we go on to that segment i want to put out uh something there to the golf wrx listening family slash public and see if you can help me with something so uh i was in charleston south carolina uh doing a conference with the uh, national golf course owners association a few other um, notable organizations uh, about golf uh, governance and how they do their thing. Um, got a chance to play a round of golf and go hit some balls. And, um, you know, it was fine. Uh, good stuff. Came back, and uh, <clears throat> a few days later, I went to one of my local golf courses up here in the Washington, D.C. area. And something happened to me that has really never happened before because I left my clubs outside. Uh, the clubhouse, of course, when I went in to pay for my uh, greens fee. And when I came back, went onto the golf course, walked on. I went on as a single, sort of at the end of the day. I love to do that, get nine in in the low light, you know, just, you know, take, uh, just take your time. And just, it was just beautiful. Uh, I get to about the second hole, and I'm five iron distance away. And I go looking for my five iron, and it is not in the bag. And I know that I'd had it when I left South Carolina, counted the clubs when I left, because I always do that. And so it means that somehow, some way, uh, someone who is in desperate need of a, of a five iron pinched my five iron. I called the courses in South Carolina and the ranges just to be sure. Um, and, uh, but I knew it's not there. I, I kind of know what happened. And you know what? These things happen, right? I mean, it happens. And especially after the pandemic, people get sort of addled and crazy and um, are not prone to making the best decisions. But somebody plucked a five iron out of my bag. So um, I'm not asking for justice because, <laughs> you know, I may be able to affect that through other means. You know, I'm not asking anybody uh, for that, for help with that. But what I am looking for help with is getting a five iron. So I have a set of Rogue Pro irons, the Callaway Rogue Pros that I got in uh, 2018. And I have to say that those golf clubs took my game to the next level. They had a perfect shaft for me, did it through Club Champion. Everything was awesome. Loved those clubs, love, love, love them. Um, the I actually called Club Champion about getting replacement and uh, the folks over there, they don't have any in, uh, they don't have any in stock. In fact, in Googling the entire planet, myself and Nick Sherborne, who is the head of Club Champion, is just the founder of the thing. So you'd think you'd have access to a few clubs. 
the only club <clears throat> that we found, well, we didn't find any in inventory, called Callaway. They didn't have any in inventory. Callaway itself does not have any. Um, there are a few full sets out there, but the only single five iron available is someplace called Spillsbury, England, which is willing to send me one for a total, including shipping and handling, of about $210, and then I still have to get it shafted. I might be willing to do that, except for the fact that, okay, November 11th is my birthday. And on November 11th, I just got word that I'm going to be playing, <clears throat> I'm going to be in Monterey playing on a uh, really special golf course. I really have a, a great tee time set up, and I would really like to have a five iron when I play this golf course. So here's what I'm asking from you guys. If there's anybody who knows knows of who has a five iron, a Callaway Rogue Pro five iron, right-handed, uh, if you know someone who does, if you have a set and are willing to part with that club, if you're willing to let me rent it <laughs> until February, uh, I need a, a five iron and I need what to get one shafted by uh, November before November 11th. So just throwing it out there because I know this is what you guys do. I can hear the whir in the audience when I do this show and that whirring sound is the gearheads, okay, who are in the audience. I know you're out there. I can hear you breathing. So um, if you would, please scour your resources and the resources of your friends and associates. Mikey need five iron. Callaway Rogue Pro right, five iron right-handed. Um, doesn't matter with the shaft because I'm going to get it reshafted anyway. And uh, just let me know. Let me know if you've come up with anything. Oh, where can you let me know? Okay, you can hit me up on my social media, okay? Because this is a time where I really, really will be checking every day to see if anybody uh, has a response. So on uh, Twitter, it's uh, Michael on TV, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-O-N-T-V. And on Twitter... I'm sorry, on, on uh, Instagram, it's Michael Williams TV. So Twitter, Michael on, uh, Michael on TV, and uh, uh, Twitter uh, on Instagram, Michael Williams TV, okay? And, you know, just uh, just hit me up. As a matter of fact, I don't care if you hit me up on my email. I don't care. It's Michael at GolfWRX.com. You can use that, Michael at GolfWRX.com. If, uh, uh, if you have an inkling, you got a lead, let me know. I would sure appreciate it. Okay, so that's done. We'll see what happens. And uh, uh, yeah, good luck to y'all in your hunt. Happy hunting. Uh, so we got Robert Trent Jones Jr. coming in. And uh, get ready for that one because it's always a fun ride. So grab yourself a beverage and a crunchy snack. Sit back, relax, and let's do some podcasting, okay? Michael Williams, 19th hole, golf, WRX. Welcome back to the 19th hole, Michael Williams, your host. And uh, I have, I mean, you all know, you listen to the show, you know how I have developed this love, this fascination of not only playing golf courses, but um, the, the golf course itself, the uh, architecture, the history, the land that's involved in it, all of those things have become a fascination bordering on an obsession with me. And 
um, God willing and the creek don't rise, raise creek that is, uh, I may in fact um, get an opportunity to work on um, developing and building a course someday. It is kind of a dream of mine. And um, when you look at courses now, um, we've seen a lot of courses being built over the course of the last 20 years. That's kind of slowed down. And what we're seeing more is this thing of uh, restoration and or renovation of existing courses, including some of the best uh, known names uh, uh, in the world. Joining me to talk about it is someone who uh, is, I would say, moderately qualified to talk about golf course architecture. Um, his name is synonymous with golf course design, as a matter of fact. Um, he is an award-winning Hall of Fame golf course architect. He is a scholar, a gentleman, and I am happy to say I am proud to list him as a friend of mine and I hope he considers me the same. Please welcome back to the 19th hole, Robert Trent Jones, Jr. Bobby, how are you, my friend? Great, Michael, how are you, my friend? Uh, doing very, very well here, um, surviving and thriving, and still double masking <laughs> indoors, so. <laughs> just a... Well, it is coming up on Halloween, you're ready. You know what? That is just like the most positive take on the whole thing. I have heard to date, okay, in 18 months. We've all been dressing for Halloween every day, and now we just get to go out and carry a bag and grab some candy. I, I love that. Yeah. See, that's why we have you on, to change our perspective. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, no, I've been um, playing a little bit of golf, and I know, have you been playing any? Have you got out to play a little bit? Oh, I've had a beautiful time in Hawaii, playing twice a week, playing my own course, taking my own medicine, <laughs> and have, having a good time. I've been playing in San Francisco as well. And I, I recently played at Spanish Bay, a course which Tom Watson and Sandy Ty, Tatum and I designed many years ago, and, and, and it was brought back many memories. I can imagine. I didn't have a chance to play Spanish Bay when I was out in Monterey, but I look forward to, uh, to getting on that one and, uh, and getting some experience in with it. Um, but uh, I, one of the things I want to talk to you about, though, because you know, you've built dozens and dozens and dozens of courses. And um, as I said, your name is synonymous with quality golf. Um, and, you know, as you look at what's coming in the future, we've sort of seen this slowdown of, of courses being built. And I think that was kind of predictable that from the boom that we had in the 90s and 2000s, things would slow down. But it seems as though the business is more focused around um, that restoration and renovation thing. That's a layman's perspective. Is that what you're seeing too? Well, I was recently at the American Society of Golf Courts Architects meeting in Cleveland, and it was well attended after two years of uh, quietly uh, working by Zoom. And we played golf together. And I would say most of my colleagues are busy. Hmm. They're renovating and, reno and re renewing uh, golf courses, primarily changing bunkers, uh, putting in drainage, irrigation systems of existing lands. But they're very busy. They're very busy, right? But more busy with the, um, sort of that restoration and renovation then. But I still there are plenty of new golf courses being built. But I think most of the action for building new golf courses is outside the U.S., isn't it? Fortunately, we've been a world leader in working throughout the, the world and we yeah. our work our new work is mostly outside the united states yeah yeah i think you have one in is it vietnam you have one coming soon yeah we have new one in vietnam called hoyana and just one 
best new course in the world according to one uh, rating group. And it, but more importantly, it got the Geo uh, Award for environmentally correct golf construction. Geo is uh, Jonathan Smith, based in uh, Scotland. Nice. Well, congratulations on both accolades. I'm sure they're well deserved, and uh, I can't wait to get out to Vietnam to uh, to play that course. Um, so, I mean, with this renovation restoration thing, I'm looking at an article that was on. Uh, uh, golf pass and my buddy Tim Gavrich wrote an article about um, restorations that were coming up in 20, 2021 and he talked about uh, the courses down at PGA National that were being done uh, the Champions Course um, Oakland Hills I mean you look at the list of courses that are being done this year or, or scheduled to be open this year you had Oakland Hills you have Baltusrol uh, Congressional right here in my backyard I mean these are three really hefty weighty names in the golf world that are having these restorations done. You, you've been in that process before. Sort of where does that process start? How does a, a club decide, okay, it's time for us to have a, a change, something done. And what's the difference in their mind between a restoration and a renovation? Well, they both begin with re, R-E. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you should remember the another <laughs> re word, restraint. Um, when they talk about restoration, they talk about looking at old photographs and old times, uh, maybe a century ago when the course was first built, and which has been changed by great architects in the case of uh, uh, Bel Air, Fazio, in the case of uh, Oakland Hills, uh, my father, in the case of uh, Congressional, also my father and brother, Reef. And, and they were both known as the open doctors as they prepared courses for championship venues. Uh, and I think uh, you go carefully when you throw out that good work in the name of going 100 years back to a different time. Because the game has changed. Right. Wooden shafts have given way to steel shafts, to titanium shafts. The ball is uh, aerodynamic wonder. And the, not just the fact that professionals hit the ball a long way but also everything else is better the conditioning of the courses the grass types um, are wonderful compared to 100 years ago so restoration has a mixed mixed message it, it does i mean to try to restore something to exactly what it was i mean would often mean uh, you know in the case of let's say something like marion that would be shrinking it down to its original what 5700 yards or something like that which obviously is not not something that's going to be compatible with uh with the modern game and playing it and even enjoying it in the way that it's meant to be enjoyed um so when you talk about restoration that's one thing for renovation how would you define that when people talk about a renovation well renovation is also important much like painting your house or re-roofing your home over time certain elements of a golf course are they're neglected uh revert to nature and are not playable for example a bunker sand uh, comes out of sand, out of the bunkers over time and needs to be replaced right irrigation systems wear out after 25 years drainage culverts need to be unclogged those are the unseen parts of the architecture of a golf course They're below ground see what we all think about uh, as golf course architecture is how it plays the strategy 
the conditioning of the grass, but without good uh, restoration of the elements that provide the opportunity for the maintenance crew to to do just that, they, they can't. So it's a it's a and in, in, in an accounting sense, you can depreciate an irrigation system and even a green or a bunker, but you can't depreciate the removal of trees, for example. Hmm. Uh, interesting way to look at it, of course. We're talking to Robert Trent Jones, Jr., 19th Hole, Michael Williams, your host. Um, you talked about restraint as another uh, RE, another reword, and um, restraint. I think I know what you mean because we have some of these projects where you see um, a restoration, air quotes, and then there are uh, the the architects, the new architects, uh, putting his brush strokes on top of the masterpiece. And sometimes they can be kind of egregious. Is, is that what you mean? Or do you want to give some examples of what you've seen in terms of both having restraint and in terms of lack of restraint? Well, this is not limited to the golf course sculptural world that we live in, but also the fine arts. In the medieval times and post-medieval times, the frescoes were uh, sponsored by the Pope or by local priests in their churches. And some of them might have been done by great artists like Michelangelo. But then comes a young artist that isn't doing as good, and the priest gives him a chance to paint over the Michelangelo. Obviously, it's not as good. Um, and he, he, the priest should have had some restraint before he uh, gave that commission. And when you see, well, let's talk about some of the, uh, the uh, projects that we had mentioned earlier. Um, I had a chance to play uh, Baltusrol on, on opening day. And you know, that well, was, reopening day, the reopening. Uh, <laughs> it's this, been open for 100 years. Yes, I am, in fact, 132 years old. So, yes, <laughs> <laughs> the opening day as well. Um, okay, Methuselah. Yeah, I, you know, and I still pretty, hit it pretty far for my age, you know. I, I play on the front tees. <laughs> I do okay. Um, but a, a Tillinghast course um, has played many um, significant events, major championships, signature shots have been hit there. Um, uh, things like the uh, the cross bunker there. I think they call it the Sahara bunker at the at the seventeenth. We have you know many many uh, features there. If you were to approach a project like that, um, would you be looking to retain things, change things, or maintain things? If that's a not too fine a distinction. Well, first of all, my brother Reese is more of a remodeler and renovate and renovator and than I am. I tend to do a more original work. Mm -hmm. If I get to renovate anything, it's our own work, <laughs> which mm -hmm. needs some touch up in Princeville and Hawaii or Prince Force. Um Coffee Hills we we updated in twenty fourteen after it was built and opened in nineteen eighty six, I think. So uh, I think the most important thing of an archive is he has actually played the course and knows the shot making qualities many times before he even attempts to to try to understand the original architecture of, of a great architect like Tillinghast or Mackenzie or Donald Ross mm -hmm. or my father. Uh, and he has to really 
understand it not as a designer, but as a player. And then apply his skills as an architect to update it and or renovate it or, or renew it. Do you do you approach your, both your original work and your um, if you go to do um, restorations to do to take a second look at a property that you've done? Uh, do you do you take a player with you, like a player who has sort of certain shot making abilities and capabilities, and sort of use that, or do you draw on your own? Because you you were a pretty fair player. Um, do you sort of rely on your own shot making sensibilities to come up with how you fashion a, a whole? Oh, I, I, I take hundreds of players with me because somebody once asked me, how many golf architects are there? And I said, how many golfers are there? Every time I go to a cocktail party, they're telling me what I did wrong or how many things changed. <laughs> so uh, I, I get feedback on our designs all the time. Mm -hmm. And if it's a common thread from an expert player, I'll take a hard look at it and see if it can be altered, changed, or improved from a shot-making point of view. Uh, that's different from from the technical aspects that I described earlier. And I can tell you there's an example of the second green of Poppy uh, Hills that even though we renovated in 2014, we bisected the green too much. And at these green speeds, it, it, it's very difficult to cut from one side of the green to the other without it going off the green. So it needs to be um, re-renovated re-renovated <laughs> yeah that gets uh into a whole nother through the looking glass thing and um I, I, again when you look at um the guys who, who are trying to bring a course into uh this restoration mode I, I i used one term um about these sorts of projects especially with old classic courses is not only restoring them in terms of condition but restoring them to relevance right? Because you have some courses that can't really stand up to the modern game that you talked about with the equipment and the grasses and all of the improvements that have been made, restoring them to relevance in terms of um, where certain, um, where the, restoring the challenge to, to the whole as it was meant to be played. Um, that's kind of a key part of that whole thing too, isn't it? Well, there's so many definitions of what that means. Uh, let's categorize different kinds of courses. There are great, well-known courses that have held great championships. And you mentioned some of them. Uh, Baldur's Row, uh, Oakmont, Oakland Hills. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they are in a category of their own. They're championship golf courses. And they need to be constantly re-looked at with the modern game. Mostly by extending length with new tees or new angles of tees. But there are other courses which are destination courses, such as you fly long distances to play in Mexico or yes. even New Zealand. Yes. The, the adventure is to get there and stay there and play the course many times. It has to be exciting and uh, quite unique. And then there are country club courses where the membership just wants to play uh, rounds with better turf or better bunker sand or, or maybe remove some trees here and there that are blocking their view that have grown in over time. Or for that matter, plant some trees um, in a key location as long as they're stock trees, meaning you can uh, play around and play, play the ball out from under them. 
so there, there are many different categories of golf courses and you have to understand the fundamental purpose of the course before you even apply your artistic and scalping skill level of a golf course architect. That's a really good point. So I think about um, your father's course in Puerto Rico um, uh, at the uh, El Dorado. Or Dorado. Dorado Beach. I'm sorry. Dorado Beach, which is one of my favorite courses. I just absolutely love that course. And um, yeah, that's it. But it's a resort course. Um, could play tournament play, but at its core, you have to understand what the function of the course is in order to determine where you're going with a project. I totally get that. And um, the, the other thing that's sort of interesting is when sort of the... Um, the modern, I say that the aesthetic of restoring something is sort of contrary to the 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 needs and the uh, the conditions that are present in the environment today. And I'm I'm talking specifically about trees. And this is one thing that we've seen. It sort of gained steam after Oakmont took out all of their trees. And if you look at the course that Johnny Miller went on in '73 and the course that Dustin Johnson went on a few years ago. I mean, it's not the same golf course. Um, it's, it's just not. There's thousands of trees that were removed, I think. And that same uh, thing has been done now at Baltusrol and, and others. What do you think of that whole trend of, of tree removal to, to, to restore it to, quote, an original look? Good thing, bad thing, indifferent, agnostic? I think those are good sales pitches. Uh, the, re the original landscape of Pennsylvania was a forest. It's called Pennsylvania because it the word means Penn's Woods. Right. It was not an open site. The farm that was cleared, which made was made into what is now Oakmont, ha ha had uh, an openness about it, and trees were planted over time and some of them were planted too close, and some of them were were uh, not strategically useful trees. But to clear-cut the entire site and, and, and justify it by saying it was once a farm is not is, is not a healthy thing for the community. Tree, trees are carbon sinks. They are the uh, oxygenation. Walk into Central Park, New York, Golden Gate Park, you're not going to cut those trees down and you and you breathe fresher cooler air because of it now trees ha have a strategic element for their fall uh killing has spoke of the trees of wingfoot the natural indigenous beautiful elms and uh as something he used for for his strategy of this whole now uh, sometimes they plant other trees which are inappropriate for golfers like a spruce tree it tugs the ground and you can't, can't find your ball much less play it out from under a spruce tree a stalk tree like my father said is a good golf tree such as palm trees in the florida or the southwest mm -hmm. or elms or uh, oak trees in the north which have high canopies so you have to choose your if you're going to plant them but the best choices are made by mother nature herself a forest can take care of itself ecologically. Mm -hmm. um, so do you think that golf courses should, it sounds like you, you believe they should take into consideration 
the I mean, we have great global environmental concerns now. I mean, that's uh, it's everyone's everyone's in it together, right? We only have one boat here, and uh, golf courses, while wanting to return or retain a certain uh, aesthetic, they should be mindful of the the greater good when handling their 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 tree issues. I think that's a reasonable request. Yeah, to even think about it necessarily. Well, I was chairman of the Parks Commission of California, and as such, I held hearings, and I, I was lectured once a month about how insensitive golf people were about their misuse of their golf courses for the greater good of the community. They thought we were toxic waste dumps, using too much water, fertilizer, cutting down trees, etc. And they were partly right. Now we're going to COP26 next week in Glasgow. Glasgow is the home of golf. And and golf should speak for its many benefits to the planet, especially in its 500-year-old protection of the Scottish seaside and and its migration with the British Empire around the world. It it shouldn't be on the defensive. But we give the anti-golf people a big argument if we clear-cut trees because they just don't buy that. No, it's um, I mean, it's a pun intended. It's a pretty clear cut issue, right? Um, about <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, the the value of trees to the to the community at large. And I think golf should be at least, um, if not answerable, at least aware of the uh, of the benefits and the consequences of of doing so. Um, well, well, they are answerable by law in many societies. In Belgium, if you were to take a tree down at the Bear Creek Golf Course, which my father built, and I was there in the 60s you had to plant two trees one tree on the property you took it down from and another in a forest if there were generation at a the location by law so if you remove a tree you got to plant two in a place hmm. interesting and that's even on your own public uh, on private land that that law still that's correct mm-hmm. yeah so again that's um you know the society the cultural difference between the united states and other and other places that have been quicker to adopt um, these these types of policies, but uh, I think golf again can be a leader. You've always been a proponent of golf being a leader rather than a follower. They shouldn't have to be dragged kicking and screaming and to do the right thing. Um, do it because it is the right thing to do, and then be a leader rather than a follower. That's always been my hope for golf, you know, and its trends and what it does. And you know, that's what you've always done. Uh, that that's been your role. Uh, we were talking about your your projects. We got Vietnam. What else are you working on? And I know the pandemic must have affected you a little bit, but are you up and rolling again now in production mode? Yeah, I've got a chance to remodel the Prince course in in Kauai, where I was spending a lot of the pandemic. Hmm. So we spent a lot of time preparing for that, which I'm told will kick off soon. We have a new course in Baja called Postas Palmas, which which has been. Uh, well received during the pandemic people are coming there it's a family-oriented golf course and you can play six holes the first six holes uh the the middle six holes and go fishing or go swimming and come back at sunset and play the other six holes you don't have to play 18 holes Hmm. they're little loops um we're doing other work in in france we did remodeled and renovated and uh we're doing as i said some work uh, in our own country at uh, places you mentioned, such as Dorado Beach and uh, other parts of the country that we're hoping to uh, start off soon. Uh, 
Outstanding. And um, yeah, again, it, the courses that you've been working on, even during the pandemic, you know, you're prolific as far as that's concerned. And so here's one question I've always wanted to ask you, and I'll, 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 I'll try to finish up on this one. So everybody who plays golf and travels even a little bit knows about the uh, Robert Trent Jones Golf Trail, your father's courses in the South. If there's going to be a Robert Trent Jones Jr. Trail, what will be the courses <laughs> on that trail? Oh my goodness, that's that's a that's an essay answer. The show's not long enough for that. <laughs> um, Give me the first three or four. Yeah, well, I think that the courses that I would urge people to see for their beauty and is obviously the courses at Pebble Beach, Poppy Hills, Spanish Bay, um, and the beauty in Hawaii, the, particularly the Kauai courses at Princeville and Poipu Bay, and McKenna on Maui. Um, in Australia, the National and Jundala. In Japan, there's some very lovely courses. Um, and and but if you want something that's a stern test, then go to Chambers Bay. Okay, and see the one that you left off, which is so surprising to me, is the one that's become one of the. I mean, I think it's the most important new course built in the last ten years which is Hogshead, um, there is that course from the day you built it. And I know this for a fact because I was there literally on opening day <laughs> with you. And that course has become so influential in terms of design, in terms of uh, not only course design, clubhouse design, how you expand and make a course available, um, how you handle membership and merchandising. That place um, is you said once that Chambers Bay was a working laboratory on how to protect par against the modern player. And I'd say that Hogshead is a working laboratory on how a, a modern uh, upscale club should be uh, built and operated. That's, that's the way I feel about that place. Well, I don't want to give a lot of credit to the ownership. That's Brian Marcel and Tony Alvarez and the staff that are there because they are very welcoming and, and helpful to all aspects of the game. From the time you first arrive to the time you have your last year, you're going to be treated like like a golf royalty. Uh, the golf course itself, we're still tweaking slightly. We added a few bunkers on the par five, number six and eight, and we are listening carefully to the, to the club members to where they think uh, the course might be slightly modified. The fescue grasses have been growing in, and they're now growing in and making the course one or two shots harder than it was initially. So Mother hmm. Nature takes time. To, yes. And uh, good maintenance with David Daly uh, are, are making the course really fascinating and interesting for the club tournaments that played there. Oh, again, I have always been a favorite. And I think you put in one of those bunkers just because I happened to hit number 18 in two shots, right? You... Uh... Well, put, Michael, we named it for you. <laughs> Michael's Bunker. The Michael's Bunker. I love it. We have to get a plaque out there, too. <laughs> Beautiful thing. No, I love that place. It was great to be out there with you. Um, great to be anywhere with you. And, um, yeah, so get yourself back to the to the East Coast, or I'll get out to the West Coast, or meet someplace in the middle, because we gotta we got to play some golf, man. I miss playing with you. All right. I look forward to that, Michael. Okay. Outstanding. Thanks Thanks so much, Bobby, for sharing some knowledge again. Appreciate it. You too, Michael. Always good to be with you.
That is Robert Trent Jones Jr., the great one, uh, dropping knowledge on restoration, renovation, course design. You probably picked up a couple of vocabulary words in there, too. Um, there is no bigger brain uh, operating in the golf world today, and it's always such a pleasure to have him on the show. I feel uplifted. It's, and he has such a great way of saying things. I remember when we played Hogshead for the first time, and it was uh, it's sort of a Lynx um, uh it's not a Lynx golf course. It's sort of like that that type of land or that sandy land. And it's supposed to be, to, shots are supposed to run out and shots were landing uh, softly. And he said that, well, the course is kind of a fat baby now. And it's like a little soft. I was like, well, that's a great way to look at it. And, and uh, now, obviously, I'm looking forward to getting back there and playing that thing now that it's an angry, angry toddler. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more golf and stuff. Michael Williams, 19th hole, golf. That's it, and that's all, boys and girls, for this edition of the 19th Bowl. I want to thank our very special guest, Robert Trent Jones, Jr. I uh, love having him on. just love spending time with him. Um, he's so funny. He has so much range of experience. I mean, literally, you could just say, hey, how you doing, Bob, and get a full show out of it um, with his response. He's, uh, he's something. He really is something. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, <clears throat> you can get this podcast and all the great podcasts on Golf WRX on aforementioned Golf WRX. Com. You can also get us on Spotify. You can get us on uh, SoundCloud and Apple Music and all the great places where great podcasts are domiciled. Again, thank you very much for listening. Oh, by the way, if you do want to hit me up about the five iron again, you can reach me on social media <clears throat> on uh, Twitter at Michael on TV, on Instagram, Michael Williams TV, and for sure, use my email address, michael at golfwrx.com. If you've got a, a line on a Callaway right-handed uh, Rogue Pro 5 iron, that's what I need. Um, let me know if you got anything. We'll be so appreciative, and we'll do my best to show my appreciation to you. As a matter of fact, if you uh, supply that, you get to be a guest on the show. I'll throw that out there. Anybody who uh, supplies that gets to be a guest on the show. How about them apples? That's a start. Um, <clears throat> not a signed Tom Brady jersey, but, you know, <laughs> we do what we can. Uh, and so, until next week, thank you again for listening. We do it all for you. Uh, tune in next week for another great show. Uh, in the meantime, go hit some balls, hit them straight, and much more than that, don't count the days. Make the days count. Michael Williams, 19th hole, golf, W-R-S.